Like you were made in God's image. Like you weren't made inept to solve creative problems in your life. Like you have agency. What can you do? Could work on my curiosity and start to ask questions of other people. If you ask a question, you might get rejected. And that is the price to play. You don't get connection without the possibility for rejection. There's, you just, you can't do it. So people are like, I would like to avoid rejection, but I would like connection. And I would say that does not work that way. Awkward, but worth it. It was my friend Andy used to say all the time. Yeah. He goes, it's awkward, but like, it's awkward, but worth it, right? Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to The Walk Podcast. This is a place where we can answer honest questions, talk about hard issues, and walk alongside one another as we explore how spirituality fits into real life. I'm Gil, I'm your host, and today we're talking to Cole Jeanette about connecting with others. Cole Jeanette is one of our multi-talented worship pastors here at Mountain. His Instagram account recently grew by 110,000 followers in eight months where he is helping so many folks with actionable and practical advice for learning social skills. He is the husband to the lovely Mindy and a dedicated dad to Skylar, Leland, and Sayla. Seriously, whether you need worship leadership, soft skills coaching, or simply a listening ear, Cole is just an all-around amazing guy to call. Let's be honest, connecting with other people is hard. There are so many real barriers that keep us from having the relationships we long for, or even taking that intimidating first step. I think you'll find this conversation with Cole to be really practical as he helps us understand what it means to connect well with other people. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome. I am sitting across the table from my good friend, Cole Jeanette. Cole, welcome on, dude. Thanks for having me. Tell me about the shoes you're wearing. My shoes. I'm so glad you asked about my shoes. (laughs) My camo slip-on shoes from Payless. It was back in 2017. We'd gone through a really hard time. We were in Colorado. I love bow hunting. I love Colorado. And uh, a friend of mine invited me on this like once in a lifetime hunting trip. Friends have been going on for like two decades where we rode horses into the wilderness. And anyhow, Magical. we stayed in this tent that was like a canvas tent that we put over trees that they had hewn and hidden in a hill. And I mean, it was incredible. And he said, I needed camp shoes along with my boots. And so mm-hmm. I bought these shoes. Mm-hmm. So, so like outdoor, to give people a picture, they're like camo. They're beautiful. Yeah. It just looks like if you had a friend that was a redneck that didn't feel like tying their laces or was just not intelligent enough to tie their laces, yeah. they would wear these. Yeah. And I don't know which I am. Yeah. But, uh, I just thought I'd wear them today. Well, yeah. You, you wear a lot of camo for someone who maybe isn't in Colorado. I don't know. But Georgia. It's, it's the Georgia in me. The Georgia in you. Yeah. Yeah. You bring, you bring that flavor to, uh, to our community. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, okay, cool. Today we're talking uh, about how to connect with others. I think one of the things we're seeing a lot around us is just there's some very real barriers for building friendships that last, but also just connecting with people in general. It's kind of like the number one thing I see in conversations with young adults and maybe probably students and even as you grow up, it's getting more and more difficult to connect with others and build lasting relationships. For young people who are maybe in this world, can you share a little bit of your story and how, what was it like connecting with others, making friendships, maybe in your young adult years? Let's start there. All right. Young adult, young adult years. Mm-hmm. Like my early twenties, right? Yeah. Okay. There's a stat, I, I don't know, some, somebody that was very smart, I'm sure came up with it, that said something like 2,000 hours it takes to build a friendship. And once you have kids, so I have three kids, I have three teenagers, and married with kids, like time becomes like sparse. Mm-hmm. And so early in my 20s, my kids were little, and my friend Matt, still my best friend to this day, we still keep up, we would go out on a boat, I had bought a boat. Fun fact, I lived nice. in Florida for seven years with small children and never went to Disney. So that's that'll horrible. Lose, that'll lose some listeners right yeah, there. It's, yeah. uh, I bought a boat instead. <laughs> I then sold that boat and bought a guitar. So just all my values really condensed yeah. into one sentence. That tells us a lot. <laughs> tells us a lot about who you are. <laughs> if you wanted to know who I was, didn't go to Disney, bought a boat, sold the boat, got a guitar. 
And on that boat, we spent <laughs> we spent a lot of time. We would go out like after he was he was actually the young adults pastor at our cool. church. And we would I'd be like, dude, we're gonna go tarpon fishing. This guy said if you fish with uh snapper carcasses at night under the Matlache bridge, you can catch tarpon. And so we went out and we would just sit on the boat and we would try to catch we'd never caught one tarpon out there. Never. I think we caught a couple catfish. But we spent like we were logging time and they say with yeah. young kids you spell love t-i-m-e like there's no such thing as quality time mm-hmm. there's just time and i think mm-hmm. we're obsessed with like efficiency and stuff nowadays and in my experience like friendship is made through time and repetition and you don't get to community without reps and time so like yeah we were sitting on a boat at 1 a.m not catching anything nowhere to go nowhere to go just sitting and talking i don't remember much of what we talked about but we logged the time so that then when meaningful conversations came up there was enough of a tether there that we could contain them yeah 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 hours and hours you said two thousand hours there's yeah a yeah. lot of stats a guy recently who's like find your like 168 person it's like 168 hours in a week or i don't know how many hours are there in a week 200 i don't know i don't know but it's just that the point Can was yeah. emily do the math for us and yes tell us in our ears show notes put in the show notes put in the show notes <laughs> everything everything put in the show notes. everything's in the show notes um yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, tell me a little bit. You've, you've been on a journey of helping people kind of connect with each other in whatever space. So go ahead and tell me a little bit about that. So what's interesting about that is I was not, those two things have since become related, but they weren't initially. Mm-hmm. The, initially I started, so I, I like to tell my kids that their dad's an online influencer because that <laughs> makes them like, it makes their soul hurt a little bit. That you would they think they, it, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, do you tell your friends that your dad and, and their dad never took him to Disney World? So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different. They do point. include that detail uh, often, yeah. So, uh, so I started this like Instagram thing. I decided I didn't want to use Instagram for like personal connection and stuff. That I wanted to use it to serve the world. And I specifically, when I was in my early twenties, my social intelligence was quite low, and so I like. I would just do really dumb things. I didn't even know they had happened. I like still to this day, we'll go back to like Florida and somebody would be like, yeah, I remember that time you said this thing and it crushed my heart. And I was like, what? I didn't, wow. <laughs> I didn't know about this till now. Yeah. I was just socially unaware. And so I thought, you know, I took 10, 15 years of reading books and reading between the lines and having kind mentors and friends that eventually told me the truth. Like it's taken me so long mm-hmm. to get good at interacting with people on a daily basis. Maybe I'll just, talk to Cole 15 years ago on my phone in mm-hmm. my car and just give him all the advice that I wish I had had, yeah. you know, and maybe there's some other Cole out there and I can just fast forward. I could skip a bunch of pain for him if I can just give him that. So I started mm-hmm. doing that. And what was crazy is, and I think it was you when you taught, you talked about there being like a loneliness epidemic that mm-hmm. the Surgeon General mm-hmm. said something. I think that that was the thing that it hit on was you had a lot of people going like, um, I feel alone and mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about it. And there was specifically, I thought the only people it would serve were the people that were socially awkward. Like I sure. am was, and it didn't like all these really like winsome people were like, Hey, thanks for that. I've been mm-hmm. wanting to work on how I connect with people. And I realized that it's, it's weird. Social connection. We talk about it in philosophical, like real clout, like highfalutin type stuff, but we like, don't actually get on the ground of going like, hey, that person's avoiding you because they were excited and you said something critical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But literally, I mean, how many people's lives suck right now? They're like terrible <clears throat> relationally because of small little things. Mm-hmm. It's not some big philosophical thing that they could probably articulate. This is what I find over and over with the work that I do online is that people, they're like, yeah, 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 I got it. But then I go, okay, well, ask me an open-ended question to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, do you like your coffee? And I was like, yeah, you don't know how to ask a question. Yeah, sure. You know, like that's a yes or no question. Or there's just a gap between the practical tools that we need. It's like this big, important thing. But like other than like corporate workshops and stuff, I just didn't see a lot of people like giving practical tools. Mm -hmm. They had like philosophies and you'd read whole books and you'd leave and be like, I don't. Or there were tools on the Internet, but they were in like sales books, you know? Sure. Like never split the difference, the like switch. And they felt, they felt gross. Or they like felt more about material. how to go to a bar and, you know, have a one night stand, how to win that person over sure. as opposed to like how to have an initial conversation that mm-hmm. leads to connection, that leads to friendship, that leads to community. Mm-hmm. Like all the tools that we needed for that were 
in these like sales manuals. Uh-huh. And then all the people that were talking about community seemed to be talking about it in these big philosophical terms that I couldn't do anything with. Right. And um, I think that's the nerve that, that the content struck. I don't yeah. think it was really great delivery or whatever. I think there's just a really real need. Yeah. And maybe somebody listening right now is like, yes, I feel like I have to read between the lines or like, and then the beauty of the internet is, you know, in person, if I told you something, you're like, and you're like, yeah, I already knew that. Don't insult me by telling me that. <laughs> well, the internet offers this beautiful opportunity to just tell people the basics. And they're not insulted because they're probably sitting in their car when they look at it. You know, nobody's around. You know, sure. what's the phrase? I always wanted to know, but I was too embarrassed to ask. Yeah. It's like one of the three asking things. Asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. Too yeah. embarrassed to ask. So anyhow, that's a big, that's a big rant on, on the whole. I, I have like an Instagram account that, that got really big. I think just because, right, like, I don't want to read a sales manual. Uh I don't want to talk about philosophy. Like, I actually am in the trenches trying to figure out how to connect with people. Please help me to do it. And that's why, yeah, people like Jefferson Fisher or, like, my account or other people. Like, there's just, because I went and looked to try to find if there were, and there's just not a lot of them. There's nothing, yeah. And there's, yeah, just a gigantic population of people, no matter their age, who feel that gap of, I really, we really long for a community. We are all looking for the same sort of thing, but we don't have the practical tools to do it yet. And so you've mm-hmm. kind of, you've kind of found that that's been really, really helpful for people, which is really cool. Yeah. To not overly spiritualize and overly, philo- philo- is philosophize a word? Philosophize, sure. Yeah. I would like to suggest it as a word. Is it? You're my word friend. Philosophize. Yeah, sure. All right. It checks out. So if look it up. Somebody Google it later and see if Gil was right. <laughs> Yeah, to not overly spiritualize and overly philosophize, though there are philosophical points and there are spiritual realities, but to like really make it practical, like help me, help me. I don't know how to talk to my mother-in-law. Uh-huh. What, how, how, somebody mm-hmm. help me. Mm-hmm. So that's really, that's really where I'm good. I don't get, I try not to get stuck in the big heady stuff. Yeah. If you were to say like, here's, this is the thing that keeps a lot of people from truly getting to the place they need in relationships. It's not interesting, the answer. Okay. <laughs> but it's important. I, <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of life, though, isn't it? You're like, this isn't going to be the most interesting thing you hear today. You might even roll sorry. your eyes a little bit. And I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's super important. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing that I find is that people are focused on a lot of things they can't control. I feel like the world is kind of set up right now to drive us crazy, right? I watch news things that I can't do anything about. I see things and I compare myself to them. And then I, I'm fed a diet of excuses and complaints. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of find yourself in this stuck place where you feel alone. But the narrative, at least in my mind and so many people I talk to, is it's just blaming other people. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted something that's going to exclude you from community and relationship the quickest, it would probably be blaming people a lot. Mm-hmm. I want to retract that. You actually can have community blaming people, but it will only be with other people who like to blame people. Sure. So a lot of people are like, this person's exhausting. You know, like all my friends are like this. Mm-hmm. Toxic is the word that I hear a lot. Yeah. They're just so toxic or something like that. Yeah. I just would like a shout out. We were talking about it before, but the, the power of, I think power of, power of, self-care power of me or something instagram channel instagram page yeah is lovely because it's like ironic self-care and it's like Mm -hmm. the toxic culture like what's the odds everybody in your world's (laughs) toxic but you i mean you're great (laughs) it's everyone else's fault is what you're saying yeah one of the posts i think i told you earlier was like my therapist told me what if it's everybody else's fault and that really hit me (laughs) (laughs) there's really something to that because it just seems like if you want to connect with other people, you're going to have to start by being the type of person that can connect with other people. Mm-hmm. That's, and again, that's not interesting. It's not interesting, but self-leadership is going to start because it's not, the world is a mess. Like, I want to empathize and be like, the world is a mess. It is set up to make you feel lonely and compare everything and feel like everything's burning down. Like, it is, it is kind of set up in a mess. Mm-hmm. and. You can only, you're only in charge of you. Mm-hmm. So uh, write everything down that's making you feel lonely. 
and scratch out everything you can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. Just scratch it out. Well, I can't do anything about that. Can't do anything about that. That's can't good. do anything about that. Can't do anything about that. And then what's left? You might not have anything left. That's how trained your brain might be to just complain. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, why do you feel hopeless? Well, you got trained to complain about everything you can't do anything about. And at some point, you're like, let's find a starting place. Mm. To me, the place to start is curiosity. Uh I feel like (laughs) you have so many opinions and so few questions. (laughs) (laughs) So many opinions and so few questions. And I watch dual monologue. Like, I just sit in public places and listen to people have I was sitting on the plane, and these two people were talking about their grandkids. And nobody asked a question. I bet they talked for 25 minutes. And I refer to this as a dual monologue. It's not a conversation. Sure. It is two people Interrupting, having, button back and forth. Yeah. Just inserting thoughts. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have to load my, ro- my grandson's Roblox. I'm like an ATM machine. Exactly. My grandson said to me the other day, that's exactly what I was thinking. And you're like... That reminds me of this thing in my own life. Yeah. Yeah. I call it the, oh, yeah, me. Oh, yeah, me. This is every conversation, <laughs> almost every conversation I hear in public is just a repeat of, oh, yeah, me. Somebody Mm. goes, and what's crazy is I see the bid for connection so often in it, right? So somebody goes, I don't know, we'll pick anything. Yeah, I was walking the dog this morning, and I was like, man, it's so good to be out early. I need to exercise more. And the the other person, I mean, just, I'm thinking, oh, there's so much to be interested in there. And they go, yeah, I just signed up for Planet Fitness the other day, and I was using the squat machine, and I was like, they didn't ask, they don't care, yeah. you didn't, and you weren't curious, so now you have two non-curious people with mm-hmm. opinions just kind of throwing them at each other, and they're bouncing off, mm-hmm. and, and they were like, I don't know why I feel lonely. <laughs> right. So to me, starting with curiosity, I think that's the place That's to interesting, start. though, because it is, both of those people are coming from a place of really wanting to be heard and known and seen and all the things we just talked about. But because that's what both of them are leading with, they're actually not connecting. Yeah. But I see two people really wanting to connect. Yeah. And some people would say, maybe somebody is listening to it right now and they're like, that's just a normal conversation. Hmm. And I don't think it is. I think that we've just come a long way from the days of like Benjamin Franklin. Like if you read his um, biography, he'll talk about they had groups of people that would get together and they would practice conversation. Do you know why? Because a great conversation will elevate your status in the world because nobody likes a bad conversation with somebody. Sure. Right. And they didn't have cell phones. They didn't like it was letters and in-person conversations. Mm -hmm. And so they would practice being good at conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's just a skill that's just really, really, really waned over the years Mm -hmm. to the degree that now we think dual monologue. What's funny is I posted a thing on the internet about dual monologue versus conversation, and they were like, the second one th- sounds like my therapist. And I, th- <laughs> I said, that's because the rise in therapy is partly because we need to address mental health. It's partly because nobody has a friend that can ask them a good question. You sure. sat at my house and asked me great questions. Sure. And I think therapists, there are things you need to, a trained professional to work through. A large portion, mm-hmm. and I think therapists would jump in on board with this. Mm-hmm. They're like, a large portion of what they're doing is holding space and asking questions. Mm-hmm. Like a curious person that cares about you will do wonders for your mental health and is cheaper, Mm -hmm. frankly, than a therapist. Yeah. Like, and it's really like, there's just the rising need. Like you, they they can't train enough therapists right now. Yeah. Like the, so, but you can't start by complaining and demanding that people be curious about you. Right. Instead of demanding that the world be the thing that you need, start by being, they say, be the leader you wish you had. Mm -hmm. Be the friend you wish you had. Mm -hmm. I don't know why anybody on my street doesn't care about me. Who are, you, who are you going and caring about? Who are you asking questions of? When you meet people in the grocery line, when you meet people, like, are you wondering about them and are you asking them questions? Mm-hmm. Or are you just like, ah, I just wish people would ask me more questions. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's where I, I feel like that's where we're stuck. And I think there is a growing, that. Yeah, a growing number of people that are like, I don't want to be stuck anymore. I would like to actually work on this. Right. And those people, I think, really grab onto the tools. It totally flips the paradigm upside down to where it's now on it is kind of on me i right to connect with other people and you have some sort of agency in it that you often don't realize you have Uh a dude how good does it feel to remember that you have agency to fix the problems in your life like Mm -hmm. you were made in god's image like you Mm -hmm. weren't made inept Mm -hmm. to solve creative problems in your life Mm -hmm. like you have agency Mm -hmm. what can you do that's why that exercise just scratch all the things out you can't do anything about. Yeah. I hear you. 
Those are hard. You can't do a darn thing about them. So let's move them over here. Okay. Could work on my curiosity mm-hmm. and start to ask questions of other people. Yeah. So you started with curiosity, right? You had a couple of things. So one was just like the power of listening, which could be a whole other episode, yeah. honestly, just the way healing and all that stuff happens through just being a listening ear to other people. Powerful. Um, so curiosity is one that you yeah. would probably start with. What else? Well, can I share a tool like how to get to curiosity? Sure. So curiosity is one of those things where, so people will say the, the felt need in curiosity is I don't know what we would talk about. What would sure. we even talk about? How many times you sat there and then like you you feel like the burning self-awareness of, oh God, this is awkward. Oh no, silence. Yeah. You know, because it's the great enemy of the modern era. What do era. I say? Yeah. What do I say? So that's usually just a lack of curiosity, but lack of curiosity is, it can be fixed. And the beauty mm-hmm. of fixing curiosity is that you don't have to be with anybody to fix curiosity. You sure. can be all alone taking a walk through a park and working on your curiosity simply by going, what is it like to be them? Uh-huh. I wonder, is this, is this family getting together or is this like extended family? Is this a work picnic? Uh-huh. I wonder what they're grilling. I wonder how they picked it. Like, keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And then start connecting it to your own life. You can do that internally. And I don't think anybody's curiosity ember is like completely doused. I just think it's very like little. Uh-huh. And as you start to stir that up, it's a muscle just like anything else. And the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And you're going to find that if you'll do the work of asking like, what am I learning from this moment? What is it like to be them? things like that, a year later, you're going to be like, like I get overwhelmed, like not knowing where to fit in all the questions I have in my mind for other people. Like I, (laughs) what it was the movie, I forget what movie it was. It was that guy from the big, the big sick. He's very funny. And he goes, I'm literally made of questions right now. (laughs) That's you. That's you a year in or two years in, right? I've adapted that phrase. (laughs) I've just used that phrase a lot. I'm literally made of questions right now, you know? Yeah. Somebody's like, we had my horse in my wedding. I'm made of questions right now. <laughs> um, if you work on curiosity and you get to curious, then you're going to have the opportunity mm-hmm. to get to a place of connectedness. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't get curious, that's kind of the three stages I see are get to curious, get to connected, get to mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, I need community. And you're like, well, you don't start with community. Community, sure. community takes time. It takes showing up. It takes reps. You can start with curious all alone. Um, and then the second one would be connected. Cool. Yeah. And people are just, I, I think about that too. And I'm like, people are way more interesting than Dude. you would immediately think. Like every human I meet, <laughs> there's something weird or awesome about them that if you sit with them for like 10 to 15 minutes, you will, you'll take in and learn. It'll blow your mind. Yes. Uh, my friend Chad Littlefields has a thing. He says, people are full of a lifetime of ungoogleable information. Whoa. I could not Google your experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of beautiful. The one other thing I would say is that if you want people to share, like if you want, you're going to need to, sometimes you ask questions and people are only willing to share to the degree that you're willing to share. So there's some measure of going first Mm -hmm. and turning up your weird dial a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the, the volcanoes, they usually it's the tip that pops out of the water first Uh as they come up out of the water. I've never seen an Island emerge. I think Maui pulled them up. Is that? I don't yet. Listen, no, I'm not a, a doctor. I don't it's know. It's a Moana reference. You don't have any kids, so you're not watching a lot of animated films, but I am. <laughs> okay. The weird part, I think, should emerge kind of in a conversation. And if yeah, you yeah. are willing to let it emerge, you know what I mean? Let it sets your, the tone, yeah. It sets the tone. And then that other person can share their interesting thing. But if you're just constantly sharing your most mundane, boring thing, yeah. don't be shocked when the world mirrors that back at you mm-hmm. and shares their boring, mundane things. Yeah. So if that's what you're into, you just like boring, mundane conversations. By all means, go for it. You can talk about how long the paint took to dry before you could do the second coat. That's good. It's like a proverbial example, you know, watching the paint dry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Maybe, yeah. So, but, you know, share like whatever your weird thing is, you know, what are you into that you like? What's the surprise about you? And then like invite them. Everyone's got it. Every dude, people are, people are weird and funny and interesting. And if you think people are uninteresting, the problem's. The problem's you and your curiosity, because I promise they're interesting. That's really good. Yep, that's where the gold is. All right, so curiosity, connection. Yeah, get to curious. Yeah, get to curious, and then get to connected. When you start to ask questions of people, I I really hate boring conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people think that if they have to have small talk, they're going to have to have boring conversations. Small talk's like, you know, the shallow end of the pool. Hey, Mm -hmm. how was your morning? 
blah, 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 blah. You know, we were doing this. <gasps> oh, tell me about that. You know, but you have to pay attention to in your own body and mind and heart in the other person's body, mind and heart. Pay attention. When does that like interest rise? I think a lot of times we're when we're nervous to connect with somebody at first, what we'll do <clears throat> is they'll say something and then we generate a question in our head and then we'll just ask it because we're like more concerned about the conversation having fluidity than mm -hmm. interest. Don't worry about it. Let it be a little awkward. Find the thing you're actually both interested in because mm -hmm. once you're both interested in a thing, like that chemistry and that connection happens. And so That's we're weird. like, yeah. we get to curious. And then once we get to curious, we've got some questions to ask. And a good question, I'll just drop this here, is I, I would not ask people why questions. It typically puts people on the defensive. Sure. How and what are great questions. I find a lot of people are asking yes and no questions, thinking they're asking how and what questions. So mm -hmm. like, do you like your coffee is not a... A good question, but right. like, you know, I noticed it's Starbucks. I don't know. Can we say Starbucks on here? I don't know. Sure. You know. We said Disney. And okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why Starbucks was the one that like triggered Countless movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what made you stop at Starbucks this morning? You know, and then there's probably a story based story, in there yeah. as opposed to yes or no. So like a how or what question. And then when people share, find the thing you're interested in, right? Mm -hmm. When people share there's usually more in there than just the answer. There's context all around that answer. And so um, even something as basic or simple as mm -hmm. you getting coffee this morning, like if I pressed in, you didn't make it at home. Mm -hmm. I know you have one of those fancy cool kids, coffee makers at home. Yeah, and but you I didn't stopped use it. it. And you stopped at Starbucks. Yeah. So now I'm kind of just curious, like what, what happened with Starbucks? There's probably a reason, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and then that reason I could ask about that. And I bet eventually I'd find something that I'm interested in. And you're a friend of mine. So yeah. most of your life is interesting to me. But a new person. Sure. They're all, I, can we just be honest? When you meet somebody for the first time, everything about them is not interesting. Mm -hmm. Just not. Like there's some people and they want to like, I'll just be like pass, pass, yeah. pass. And just pass. It's fine. In our first conversation, look for that connected piece and then ask more about that. Because yeah. people are offering you a lot of different options. Because people will be like, if they'll ask me, like, what if I just don't want to talk about what they're talking about? And I was like, there's always options. You know, somebody yeah. says, yeah, I went fishing last week down in Florida. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I hate outdoorsy fishing type things. Yeah. Well, how did they get into fishing? How did you get into fishing? I don't like, I'm, to be honest, I don't like fishing at all. How did you, how did you get into it? Oh, well, my dad taught me when we were out on a boat. You like relationships? Yeah. He's now telling you about his relationship with his dad. That's good. Well, you know, how, how was that? Was that like, do you think you love fishing because you're, you did it with your dad? Or do you mm -hmm. think you just love fishing? And they'll be like, oh, I think, you know what I mean? Now we can yeah. find out like your relationship with your dad. And now you have the opportunity to share about your relationship. It's a lot with more you. behind it. Yeah. But if you love fishing, like if you brought up fishing, I would be all on board. And I, that would be the connection point. I don't really. want to hear about your dad. I yeah. would love to hear if you caught any tarpon. Yeah. I do want to hear about your dad eventually, but yeah. tarpon first. Yeah. So follow, follow your curiosity. Mm-hmm. One other tool. One thing I see people do a lot in conversation that is so slow and doesn't work great. If you want to build a connection, don't just try to find it and point it out. So like if um, I sat next to somebody on a plane and she said, you know, we're making cheesecake for Thanksgiving. And I go, oh, my daughter makes cheesecake for all our Thanksgiving every year. It's like a berry thing. What, what, I, it just doesn't work as good. Sure. Ask a follow-up question. Like curiosity beats connection. Curiosity leads to connection more than just like bringing it up. You know, somebody mm -hmm. be like, oh, I'm from Ohio. Like, my friend lives in Ohio. I'm like, I don't care. Do you know my friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, do you know Oscar? Do you know Oscar? He lives in, he lives in Cincinnati. You're like, I, no, I don't know. It's funny when I get my haircut, if I tell them I work at a church, mm -hmm. this is the most common place because the person cutting my hair will get a little uncomfortable. And they'll be like, oh, sure. And they'll find some associated thing to bring up. Whoa. Yeah. My neighbor's dog walker actually went to church once. They said it was real nice. Yeah. And I'm like, like, you don't have to do that, dude. I am a normal human being that says he works at a church sitting in your chair. Yeah. Tell me you don't got a couple questions. <laughs> Fling them at me, baby. And they do, right? They, they do. Probably, they but they're going do. with yeah. connection mm -hmm. and associated detail that they have in their head because mm -hmm. that feels like connection as opposed to a question that would lead to like actual connection. You know, mm -hmm. like what, when I said I'm, I work in a church and you don't go to church, what curiosity came up in you? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like, have you always been Christian? Ask. Yeah. Ask. And I think the reason people don't ask is because if you ask a question, you might get rejected. 
And that is the price to play. You mm. don't get connection without the possibility for rejection. There's, yeah, you just, you can't do it. So people are like, I would like to avoid rejection, but I would like connection. And I would say that d- does good. not work that way. Yeah. The costliness of actually trying to connect with others. Like you mentioned awkwardness, like that's gotta be a good chunk of connecting with others, right? It's just kind of working through awkwardness. A hundred percent awkward, but worth it. This is my friend Andy used to say all the time. Yeah. He goes, it's awkward, but like, it's awkward, but worth it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I like that. Sometimes it's not. Sure. It's not <laughs> worth not it. Worth it. <laughs> hey, I gotta go. Have you ever, I just, can we just have a brief commercial here? Have you ever <laughs> pretended to take a phone call to leave a social situation? All the time. Have you really? Sorry, hold on. I gotta take this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. Have you ever faked a phone call to leave a thing i don't know if i can remember doing that no but i've wanted to a lot for sure i have i think i did it in the last year and i really i was in a workshop at a conference and i was like second row and like i could see the white of the speaker's eyes and he started talking and it seemed so you were in a conversation you were in a i was in like a yeah professional setting but there was only like 40 people in the room and i was like i don't think i can just get up turn my back on this human being and walk out of this room. Yeah. I need something for his psyche to feel okay. <laughs> so I picked oh, up no. and I, and I did it real urgently, like, and apologetically. So I like, nobody can see me here, but I like, I picked it up and I, you know, you know, like, oh, like no. I held my hands up. I shrugged my shoulders, my head. I, I did the turtle where I tucked my head in my shoulders. Oh, sorry, sorry. And I put my hands in my hair. I was like, hey, one, one second. And I walked out the room and then I put my phone in my pocket. And I couldn't decide if I was a terrible human being or well, very considerate. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both. I think I'm so. I'm sure he felt weirdly comforted and also offended that you got up and left in the middle of his talk. But how much worse had I just gotten up, turned on my heels, and walked out? Peace out, yeah. Like very clearly signaling <laughs> to the room that what he had to say was not worth my 30 minutes. Yeah. But it wasn't. I think that was the reality. Yeah. Anyhow, I was just curious if you ever did that. So, yeah, I've definitely made a call to someone in a social situation where I'm like, this is a good time to get on a phone call because I don't want to actually talk and have a conversation. You just couldn't bring yourself to fake it. No, you got Yeah, you got to call someone. Yeah. Yeah. A lifeline. Connect with others when you don't want to connect with others. All right. So curiosity. (laughs) You don't want to connect with this person. Connect with somebody that you do to get out of connecting with this. Yeah. Someone you like more. Yeah. And there's a lot of people probably who are saying, like, I'm probably doing a lot of this already and i'm working pretty hard at it but i'm not getting a lot in return from other people like what would you say to someone like that i would say the thing that you will discover if you get better at asking questions you get curious you start asking questions is you are going to be in a tiny tiny minority and it can feel lonely Mm -hmm. and so there's two things i would say one just frame that a lot of people are like receiving the gift of your curiosity and your kindness and so, no, that, that, that does matter and is meaningful. Two is that you can share at the appropriate time in a connection without somebody asking. Sometimes people are curious. They just stink at asking questions. And so separate those two things. Like I genuinely think there are a lot of people that are really curious about other people, but they just don't have the skill set to ask a good question. Mm-hmm. And so don't wait for somebody to ask you a good question to share something meaningful. Mm. I've been in interviews, I've been in relationships, and I've said to somebody, I just feel like they never asked me any questions. And they were like, you kind of you kind of told us what we wanted to know in the questions you asked and in the things that you shared. Mm-hmm. So I like the kind of the two questions and a response model. It's just the most packaged way to say, so like if somebody shared something, I would ask a couple questions. And then as they're finishing up, I would find something in what they said that I connected to and related with, and I would share. Because you're helping the other person when you do that. You're sharing a little bit of your own story, and they have something to latch on to and maybe ask you a question. About. Maybe. And yeah. the other thing you can do is you can offer – I don't. I didn't make this up. It's around the internet. I don't know who made it up, but offering threads. So when we, when we offer things, we can make it more interesting to ask about or we can make it less interesting to ask about. A great example is if somebody says to you, hey, well, where are you from? And you could be like, I live in Abingdon. Mm-hmm. They're probably not asking any follow-up questions, right? But if somebody said, hey, oh, if they asked me, hey, where, where do you live? I could say, oh, we live in Abingdon in this like little cute community. Like we just really wanted to live somewhere 
that are like our kids can make friends in the neighborhood. And we've always wanted land, but we said, hey, in this season, we want to live close to people in community. Mm -hmm. And and we really love the school. So it's like, it's kind of a perfect spot for us, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a lot in there, right? You found out I have kids. You found out I wish I had land. Like, Mm -hmm. and so there's three or four things that if the person is interested in asking me a question, and they're interested about that, they have an opportunity to, as opposed to giving brief answers, people are going to have a hard time following up with questions. Does that make sense? Yeah. So threads are, and when you're listening to somebody, listen to their threads to find ways that you can navigate the conversation. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I would say in connection is as you get good at asking questions, you're going to find that you do need to find other people that are good at this, Mm. right? We need to kind of build a nucleus of people that are good at this. And I think you do need to kind of protect that a little bit. Not like be exclusive. You need to be connecting with lots of people, but like find a friend. Like I really enjoy our conversations Mm -hmm. because I think both of us are pretty good at asking questions and being Mm -hmm. curious and holding space. And that's a real gift to me Mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of people who would receive my question asking and would feel connected, but I I would walk away not feeling as connected. So Mm -hmm. I think anytime you grow in any way, you're going to find yourself a little isolated from the community that you're in. And you're going to, you, you find yourself in that in-between season where you're like, I don't quite fit in with this group, mm-hmm. but I haven't found my new people that know how to operate this way. Whether it be financial or relational or, I mean, even what's the Chance the Rapper song? You th- I know you were waiting until we yeah. got to a chance. <laughs> Finally. Um, we, don't, we don't do the same drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a profound song. Yeah, like yeah. the idea that when you're in... A group of people, and this is how they connect, by complaining. And you decide, I'm not going to complain anymore. I'm going to ask questions and be curious. You're going to find that you don't fit in. Mm-hmm. It's not a sign that something's wrong. I just want to speak to the sense that like, as you grow, you're going to feel a little lonely. Mm-hmm. In the in-between seasons, mm-hmm. the liminal spaces between this community and this community, it might feel a little yeah. bit lonely. And it might be inside the same macro community. You just need to find like mm-hmm. one or two other people that mm-hmm. are on a different kind of wavelength. Yeah. And it's okay to feel that and to, to work on finding those one or two people. And um, it is, yeah. Yeah. You're not cutting everyone else off. Mm-mm. You're just, you know, that's a, that's a human, basic human need, like a couple people that really you can listen to and be listened to yeah. by. I think that's really good. And we started with making sure you're owning your stuff because somebody could mm-hmm. take that advice and be like, yeah, well, I just need to find right, the right yeah, yeah. people. We're past that now. Totally different in the context. Totally of, different. Yeah. We've grown, we're serving the people around us, and now we're feeling drained because around people that just take. Mm-hmm. So now we have to find somebody else that knows how to give and receive. Mm-hmm. And man, if you've never had that relationship with anybody, it's life-giving. Mm-hmm. It's so meaningful to have mm-hmm. somebody that knows how to ask questions about you and hold space. And like I say, I genuinely think not all therapeutic stuff can be mm-hmm. replaced by that by any means. But there's a big chunk of it. One of the needs, yeah. Holding space and asking questions. Yeah. All the coaching literature out there, ask questions, hold space. Yeah. Ask questions hold space. And I keep going, but coaching is friendship. This is, this is kind of odd. Sure. Ask loving questions and hold space. Yeah. That's really good. So a lot of, a lot of really good tips there. And that sort of thing takes a long, long time to cultivate and talk to me about community. Community is the buzzword. Yeah. It's the hardest one to get to. This is the part that I, I struggle with the most. Sure. Like I just have a hard time moving from that connected, like where I feel connected like I have so many people in my life that I feel really like connected with. We can have a great conversation. We mm-hmm. enjoy. Community requires a degree of access to one another that is sacrificial. Mm-hmm. And it requires like everybody making the jump sort of at the same time. And it requires just reps and time. You know, we, we moved to Maryland two and a half years ago. No, two years ago. And just now. We're going to things that we went to two times and we're going the third time and we're talking about memories or we're seeing that person oh, again yeah. for this holiday and the most meaningful things in life, community being one of them, job satisfaction being one of them, they're not measured in hours or weeks or months. You, you do something for three weeks and be like, I'm a champion. Mm-hmm. I did it three weeks. Mm-hmm. Not months, it's years. Yeah. It's not measured in weeks or months. It's measured in years. And you can be intentional and you can condense a lot down into six months. Church World is really good at this when we do retreats with Mm -hmm. students or young adults. Like you can catalyze relationships. Like they can speed up. Oh, what are you doing? T-I-M-E. Yeah. Just time, baby. You're just 
you're spending constant time Hours together. packed into a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you spend a weekend with a group of people and you spent three straight days together, 40, 50 hours of that mm-hmm. 2,000 was logged there. If you just did that over coffee mm-hmm. every six weeks, because that's how long it takes to get with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to take a lifetime before you get 2,000 hours. Like no. somebody needs to just sit down and do a calculator. Like at the rate that I'm interacting with people, how long is it going to be before I hit 2,000 hours with one of these people? It's going to be a long time. Go on a vacation with somebody. Like, but you got to get the reps in and you got to just keep showing up. Show up when it's awkward. Show up when you don't know what to do. Yeah. And w- when I worked in real estate for like two seconds, God bless all the real estate agents out there that are like kind, loving people because I couldn't do it. <laughs> just saw somebody on Zillow and I wanted to tackle them. <laughs> they would tell you like, I really did. I was in church and I like looked over somebody's shoulder and they were like flipping through Zillow. I had like no money in my bank account and a real estate agent's license. And I was like, you're looking at houses? <laughs> And that was the moment I was like, I can't do this. This isn't what I made <laughs> this for. Isn't me, yeah. This isn't what I made for. But I remember they would tell you, like, just show up to the office. Like, but what's at the office? Just show up. Just show up. And in community, I'm like, just show up. You're like, yeah, but what are they going to be doing there? What are we going to talk about? Is it worth my time? Who's going to be there? Who's going to be there? What are we going to do? Yeah. Is it worth it? Will you just, will you just show up? Just show up and just keep showing up. That might be one of the hardest parts of it too, is like everything about us is trained not to care about that. Like all... Which part? Just internet stuff. I guess the patience aspect of it is really hard. Cultivating relationships over a long, long period of time when you just want to get it. Like social media gives me that. Like when I send a meme to my friend over DMs or whatever, there's like an instant place of connection or dating apps are are kind of yeah built that way right where you connect and then it's you're together or whatever like the the long haul patient cultivating of relationships it kind of annoys me even that you even brought that up because it is probably the hardest part it's It's so annoying it takes a long time and you just novelty sells anger sells complaining sells none of those things Mm -hmm. drive community just like long patience in the same direction, you know? I've always said that it would be cool to live two lives. One where I got to move every two years to experience all the things in the world, and one where I, like, posted up in one spot. Yeah. That, have you ever read Jaber Crow? Have we talked about that? We have talked about okay. Jaber Crow. I yeah. love Jaber Crow. It's just this barber in this small town in Kentucky. Uh-huh. And the idea of, like, relationships and how long-formed they are and how mm-hmm. it's a cultivated thing and a stewardship thing. Mm-hmm. It's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And at the rate everybody's moving, what's crazy is that people will move. Like I moved from Atlanta to Raleigh. Why? I got a promotion. How much more are they paying you? Fifteen thousand a year. Okay, just so we're clear, your community was worth fifteen k a year to you. Sure, yeah, that's what we said. Yeah, but we're lonely. We're disconnected. I just at some point, that's one of the things I actually really dig about Maryland when we moved up here. Mm-hmm. I don't meet a lot of people that are just trying to move out. Yeah. Even though like taxes are pretty high, mm-hmm. like cost of living isn't the cheapest. There are cheaper places to live. And usually when I go around and I ask people why, you know, why, why not? Why would you not leave? Why incur the cost of staying? Mm-hmm. Community. Yeah. And it's, it's worth more than you could probably put a dollar amount on. Yeah. You just got to stay put, man. Got to stay put, be patient and go through the awkward stuff. I will say, if you want to speed it up, get in a fight with somebody. Like you really don't have a friend until you've gotten in a fight. Have we you know, yeah. gotten in a fight? We did get in a fight. At like, least one. We've gotten in a couple. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to like, you had to feel that like uncomfortableness. You had yeah. to decide if you were going to hit the eject button or not. Yeah. 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 So like you I pushed through it. Yeah. Start Awkward, fight. but worth it. Awkward, but worth it. So That's um, good. maybe I guess I'm saying just summarize the whole podcast up. Just get in as many fights as early on as possible with as many people, <laughs> but stay friends with them and it'll speed up community. Yeah. Not really, but. In some ways, you know, if everything's polite and <laughs> try it out, <laughs> try it out, try it out. Let me know how it goes. I want to get into before we wrap up, where have you <clears throat> seen this stuff play out in maybe Christian community in particular? Yeah. And where is God in the whole process of human beings connecting with each other? Why does it matter? That sort of thing. It's like, uh, like at the foundation and wrapping it all up at the same time. And that mm-hmm. it's at the foundation. I mean, like, in order to connect with another person, I have to not put the weight of my identity on that interaction. So like on my Instagram channel, I'll say, you're known and loved. Because they mm-hmm. say like, to be, I think it was a Tim Keller, he said to be, to be loved but not known, that's just shallow, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you love me, but you don't really know me. So it's not, it doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. And to be 
known but not loved, oh God, that's just like our greatest yeah, fear. Wow. But to be known and loved is transformational. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the world, because we, the modern existence is the kingdom of God rem- with the king removed. Right, that is the modern liberal existence. Mm-hmm. Dominion by Tom Holland was a wonderful book on that. That sure, helped yeah. kind of go like all this good stuff that's in our world right now is. And I know that's a bold claim for somebody listening if they're a skeptic. I think it stands up, right? Mm-hmm. All this the generosity, the kindness. But the problem is, is that you have a bunch of people going around trying to have community, but then you're like getting your identity from that interaction. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, you can't go have a conversation with somebody and be like, my worth is tied up in that conversation. Sure. But if you can, the gospel informs that like Jesus seeing exactly where I am said, I love you fully. He, like he both forgives me and then empowers me to be who I'm made to be. I can then go into community and I can contribute. Mm -hmm. And I can also sacrifice knowing that like he'll meet the needs that people won't meet. And it's just, it's really tough to have deep, deep community without that. I think people are still having tastes of it. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I think it's silly to suppose that like People that aren't Christians aren't experiencing sure, community. Yeah, of that would be absurd. But there's certainly a measure of foundation of being like, man, when you're known and loved. Mm-hmm. I also think that there's something beautiful about the the Christian church. Like, I'm trying to think if there is, and if there, I'm curious if you can think of another one. I can't think of another place where if you are not mentally and emotionally healthy, that you would have the opportunity to sit at a circle and have a real conversation with people that are. Mm-hmm. But can you think like if you're kind of, a mess. It's a rare thing. Yeah, everywhere, I feel like. Those people are going to exclude you. Yeah. And honestly, kind of for good reason. Yeah. You're complaining, you're a mess, and this person's not, and they're just like, I'm not looking for a complaining person that's mm-hmm. in a mess. I'm looking for other people that are mm-hmm. at my level. But in the Christian church, we are kind of all informed by the idea that we're all broken. Mm-hmm. So kind of, you can show up wherever you are, mm-hmm. and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there really is nothing like that in the world. Yeah. I can't think of it. I think it was Diary of a CEO podcast. She was talking about the you attract people at similar psychological levels as you, and I think that's really, really true. And she was just like, people are like, I want to date somebody that's amazing. How do I find somebody that's amazing? And you're like, well, are you amazing? Because that amazing person is looking for another amazing person. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? You can <laughs> You're sitting there eating Cheetos, playing video games, and you're not taking care of yourself. And you're just like, I just want to find this beautiful woman that, you know, you're like, you're going to probably need to look in a mirror before you look out there. But in the Christian church, we kind of all embrace our brokenness. Mm -hmm. And so we all have this central starting point that's really, really beautiful. But it does require, like, you can show up day one, wherever you are. But over time, even the Christian church is going to require ownership of your stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's everything in the gospel. Everything is accessible after ownership mm-hmm. of your brokenness. Mm-hmm. But you can't show up and be like, I'm, I'm already awesome. Like, well, or, it's not my fault. It's everybody else's fault. That, yeah. do, that, that doesn't work even in the Christian church. Yeah. And yeah. I, that might sound like offensive, but if you show up and you're mad that the church hasn't offered you community, but you were unwilling to own your stuff, it will literally exclude you from every... That's why we started with it. It will literally exclude you from every form of community including Christian community. Yeah. Though, even in the Christian church, there's little, there's little circles of people that just want to complain together. Sure, sure. Somebody said, especially, well, the, yeah, but like, not me. Yeah, like you said, <laughs> but not me. I didn't say it. I was just giving voice to somebody. <laughs> but people, no matter about. what space you're in, like we are, we're trained to figure out like what is, how is this space going to meet my needs? Mm. And in some ways, the Christian community is built on something else, which is like, we're a community of people who's real and honest with one another. We're going to tell you the truth. Yeah. And we're going to empower one another to, like you said, give yourself self-sacrificially yeah. to meet others' needs, which is a crazy reversal. Ten people stood in a circle and everybody demanded that they have their needs met. Nobody mm-hmm. gets their needs met. Mm-hmm. And that feels like the current cultural moment. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just shouting about their needs. Mm-hmm. Shouting about They shout it on the internet. They shout it to their friends. They shout it to their in-laws. They shout it to their parents. They shout it to their therapist. And you do need empathy, but at some point, nobody's needs are going to get met that way. And if you have 10 people in a circle and one person decides to meet somebody else's needs, that person's going to drown. But if all 10 people decide to meet one other person's needs, everybody gets cared for. And I think that's when you look in the book of Acts and you look at how they were managing money and time and their homes and their meals, that's what was happening. You had thousands of people going, I will contribute. And the person that chooses not to contribute and to not own their stuff violates the sanctity of that Mm -hmm. commitment 
And we're still trying to reckon with that. It's complicated. Yeah. But man, there's like you you get the picture of it, yeah. you know, of the beauty of everybody being like, yeah, I will gosh, care for my neighbor. The central feature of that community was like the Holy Spirit poured out and immediately they met the needs of others. Like that was what they were about. Was yeah. like, what are the needs? Financial, whatever, like we're gonna meet them, we're gonna be give ourselves to others. But crazy. I, but I just I think it's worth saying because what's gonna happen in people's brains when they hear that. It happens in mine. Mm. You know, I'm 36. So like most of my adulthood, I've been trained by the internet and what sales has been, the way sales works in, in kind of modern capitalism is small yeses. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Eventually big ask. I take a big yes from you. Mm-hmm. We've been taken advantage of so often that when we hear that, that invitation of giving of yourself, yeah. we think you say jump. Everybody's going to jump, but I bet I'm only going to jump and I'm going to get taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. It's tricky. And yes, that could happen. Mm -hmm. But how's it working? How's it working taking? Yeah. You know, you got to find some people that are going to give. And it's not always going to work perfect, but we're not selling. Yeah. We're trying to be in community. Yeah. And that's a whole other rabbit hole. And entrusting yourself to a community is just, it's hard. So it's a trust is a whole other thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Another podcast. Another time. Cole, thanks for being on, dude. Any other resources like you would point people to? I really, 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 really like the book, Ask Powerful Questions. Um, I think it's Ask Powerful Questions to Create Conversations That Matters. Mm -hmm. I think they've shortened the title. Um, It's by a guy named Will Wise, co-authored by a guy named Chad Littlefield. It's like a real practical guide to connection um, that I really, really love. Um, I would check that out. I don't think there's a ton of great resources, if mm-hmm. I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, get in the trenches and do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I would, yeah, obviously add follow Cole and keep up with all of his helpful tips and stuff that he's continuing to, to learn and give to others. It's painfully practical. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, thanks, dude. Thanks for having me. We were so excited to finally have Cole on to share some of what he's been learning and teaching to others. I learned so much from this conversation, especially Cole's emphasis on the power of listening and curiosity, how it leads us toward further connection with others. I took away a lot from what Cole shared, and I hope you did too. As you're processing through all of this, we want you to know that this podcast is a resource of Mountain Christian Church in Maryland, and our door is always open as you explore what you believe. You can connect anytime through the email in the show notes. That's where you'll also find links to resources from today's episode. If you found this conversation helpful, please share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here. Until next time, take care.